welcome to another version of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. I'm Brent Axe. It's not over yet for the Syracuse University men's basketball team in their quest for the NCAA tournament, but after a bubblicious loss to NC State on Wednesday, the margin for error is getting pretty thin. How can the Orange pick up some quadrant one wins going forward? Well, there's one big thing they've got to solve. While the basketball team is winding down, the Syracuse men's lacrosse team is just getting going. And there's a blockbuster game at the Carrier Dome on Saturday, shortly after the basketball team plays Miami, against Albany. Rick Beardsley, four-time All-American, championship high school coach, and very outspoken analyst, joins me to discuss. How about a shout-out to another winning team, our friends at the Bill Rapp Superstore. Brian and Bruce Rapp bleed orange. And they are celebrating the season with slam-dunk deals on Subarus, Buicks, GMCs, with live market pricing on pre-owned vehicles. It's an all-star shopping experience. BillRapp.com. Shop online there, calculate your payments, or just go see Brian and Bruce at the Bill Rapp Superstore. Deja vu, anyone? Syracuse University basketball team finds itself in a very similar position after losing to NC State Wednesday night at the Carrier Dome in what was a big game with bubble implications for the NCAA tournament. There's a month to go, but Syracuse has plenty of work to do after falling to the Wolfpack 74-70. And as ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi told me this week, this all feels a little familiar. Yeah, I used to think, uh, you know, what, what is it, what's wrong with me? You know, that, that I keep getting into this love-hate relationship. You know, it's like fatal attraction. Uh, you know, the, the, the Q's nation, this love-hate, like they love to hate me. And, and then I think to myself, well, there's 351 schools. How can the same one be last four in, first four out every year? That, that, that's got to be some kind of mathematical anomaly. Yet, here we are. Valentine's Day, and that's right where the orange is. It's it's instead of Groundhog Day, it's 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 the Valentine's Day nightmare, and and we're back. That's exactly baby. what it is. <laughs> and I just saw my shadow, and we have six more weeks of Groundhog Day. Fantastic! I can't, I can't take it. At Miami, North Carolina, at Duke, at Boston College, Clemson, the ACC tournament. That is Syracuse's path ahead, but Syracuse is trying to navigate that rocky path with a team that's on its last legs. You can add Pascal Chukwu to the list of players that we now have to monitor on the injury list as he tweaked his back against NC State, playing a total of 20 minutes, just seven in the second half. Add that to Barama Sidibe playing through injury, Matthew Moyer playing through injury. They looked pretty good Wednesday night with eight points and four rebounds against NC State. And the wear and tear of having the top three players in minutes played in the ACC and three of the top five in the country in Tyus Battle, O'Shea Brissett, and Frank Howard it's going to catch up to you. One problem Syracuse has really had the last two games, and it's a problem, speaking of deja vu, that seems to rear its ugly head on this team, random guy who comes off the bench to burn the orange. In this case, it was Sam Hunt from NC State who comes off the bench averaging 4.6 points per game and hits four three-pointers in the second half against the Orange. Before that, it was Mitchell Wilbekin from Wake Forest who had been off the radar screen for a few games with injury, comes back, hits four three-pointers in the second half. The game decided on we we didn't get to the three-point shooters three times in the last five or six possessions, and uh, you know we gave them really good looks from the three, and they're a good shooting team, and they made them. The, the first half, I thought we did a much better job covering the three-point line. 
Uh, second half, we did not. That, I thought that was really that was really the difference in the game. Similar to the last game, uh, we covered the three-point line pretty good in the first half, and we didn't in the second half. We were able to overcome it last game. We got them in the bonus right away in the first half and the second half. We, did, we accomplished what we wanted to do. Um, we scored enough. We just did not stop them. Our defense just wasn't good enough tonight. Okay? Thanks. That corner of the zone defense has become vulnerable once again for the Orange. And if they are going to make a run here and pick up those Quadrant 1 wins, they have got to find a way for that corner to become a shutdown corner in the Orange 2-3 zone defense. So Syracuse is certainly behind the eight ball. You're not going to find them in a lot of bracketology projections. Lenardi's today, of course, has Syracuse as one of the first four out. But they're not out of it. They control their own destiny. The schedule gods have at least put a lot of Quadrant 1 opportunities on the table for the Orange. It certainly will not be easy, but nothing has come easy for the Syracuse basketball team this year. It's kind of appropriate how much they're going to have to work to get into the tournament. Hopefully the tournament with four letters, not the dreaded three. From one team coming down the home stretch of its season to another starting theirs. The Syracuse lacrosse team has its first huge matchup at the Carrier Dome Saturday against Albany. My conversation with four-time All-American, state championship head coach, analyst, and the always outspoken Rick Beardsley is coming up after this word from Bill Rapp. You guys, we made it. It's February. Did you pay off the holiday bills? Are you saying, wait, I can do this. I need a new car. I need a pre-owned car. This is something I can get done in 2018. Well, get on over to the Bill Rapp Superstore. See my guys Brian and Bruce Rapp, who bleed orange, by the way. They'll talk some Syracuse hoops with you as you celebrate the season with slam dunk deals on Subarus, Buicks, GMCs, plus they have live market pricing on pre-owned vehicles. I don't know what that is, but they do. That's why you got to go talk to them about it. It's an all-star shopping experience. All the basketball puns, everybody all the basketball puns. You can get credit approved, you can get value on your trade, and calculate your payments online. Do that at BillRap.com. Always a great deal, always the smart choice. Go see Brian and Bruce at the Bill Rap Superstore. So we are here with the one and only Rick Beardsley and uh, Beast. I don't know what we learned about Syracuse in that first game because Binghamton didn't really put up much of a fight but Albany, uh, you know, yeah, this is big time. Second game of the year, and we've already got a showdown here in the Carrier Dome. And Albany's had some good teams in recent years, as you know as well as anybody. But why does this one feel a little bit bigger? Well, Scott Moore will tell you, as he's told the media this year, he's had the most talented team he's ever had. And that's kind of saying a lot when you had three Thompsons on attack, and then you had two Thompsons along with Connor Fields, you know, a one Thompson along with Connor Fields. Um, you know, they didn't graduate much, uh, you know, and usually, right, as they say, experience wins out. Um, that's why the feel, you know, sitting on the campus of the University of Albany is, is such, a, such a good feeling for them right now. But, they haven't played a game yet. And Syracuse seems to be clicking pretty well right now for a young, inexperienced team. 
Beards, they've got Albany, uh, a young player that has just been the buzz of lacrosse coming into this year, and people are as excited about him as any of the Thompson brothers or any of the players that either Scott Morris had or, or we've seen really in college lacrosse in recent years. What is it about this kid that has people really fired up? Well, Tioga Nanico is, is an anomaly in a lot of ways, right? He's, he's, he's six foot two, six three, all of 229. He's agile. He, uh, he's heady. He's got a brass set on him. Um, you know, the big buzz, you know, what was interesting to me was the preseason All-Americans. They put him as an honorable mention. And now I don't know the kid personally. I only know, you know, he was at IMG with a good friend of mine, uh, Redman Burnham, uh, Mark Burnham, who's down there, and, and he brought him in. Um, I watched him this fall, and we all have, when it came to the highlight of him basically embarrassing that Hopkins defender. And that Hopkins defenseman is considered to be one of the best defensemen in America. Um, you know, the buzz around him is it feels like he's an, you know, he's a green, he's not a green player. He's very experienced. And, you know, the big thing I would be concerned about is, you know, Connor Fields is usually the main ball controller. Will he be able to handle not being the main guy? Um, but Syracuse does match up well with Nanakoke with Bomberry because they're about the same size. They grew up together, right? Uh, with you know Tyson being a little bit older, um, and they've played against each other several times, and they've also played against each other in practice. And you know what I used to always say about college was games were easy, practices were really hard because the guys know your tendencies. You know all the things you're going to do. So the buzz about him is that he's unreal. His stick skills are crazy. We're going to see that whole, you know, we're going to see what he's made of on, on Saturday, but he's going to have to do it against probably, I would think, his toughest matchup of the season and a guy that knows him so well. Rick, uh, you know, Syracuse lacrosse has high expectations year in and year out, but with the sport seeing so much talent going to other schools, and we've seen this infusion of new teams coming into the Final Four, and you know it as well as anybody, you got boots on the ground every day with this, how big this sport has gotten. So in 2018, all things considered, history, tradition, this roster, recent success or you know failure, frankly, in the NCAA tournament, what is your feeling going into this season? They're a game in, but what is your feeling here at the beginning of the season on what to expect from Syracuse lacrosse? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I came into this year thinking maybe a little bit like I was thinking last year, but then I started to dig a little more deeper into it, and I realized that there, you know, the difference between last year and this year is last year's team wasn't young. Um, you know, had experience, and they, and I think everybody was so happy about being sixth in America that, you know, I just, you know, Axe, I've said it, and last year I was the bad guy in the media. You guys were all good, and that's great. You you guys are all nice guys, and, I, and I'm the guy who plays bad guy when it's time. Uh, and, and the negative guy, you know, I think the difference between last year and this year is experience. Last year, uh, you know, there was experience, and they, you know, and there was a lot of clutch wins, but when push came to shove, they got, you know, slaughtered by a thousand team that came in ready to play and wasn't backing down. This year, from what I've seen, they have just so many weapons uh, coming at you, and they're young. And by the end of the year, young kids become veterans. And I say it all the time, especially when I'm interviewed. Um, 
But you are right, Ash, and I am going to be right. I am never satisfied because that's what I am used to. I am never satisfied unless we are in the top four all the time. That doesn't work for me. See, that's the difference between me and maybe fans or other people. I don't, I don't in, a, in a way, I don't accept mediocrity in lacrosse. Now, I can tell you straight up, sometimes you got to, you know, I've eaten my words and I've, I've swallowed some tough pills. You know, in my life, I try not to accept mediocrity, right? And I'm not a gazillionaire. There's a lot of people that make more money than me. But I can tell you, every time I take a field, I think I'm number one. And that's what you have to. And that was actually instilled in me by the program. You know, I came from a pretty good program at Lakeland High School in Yorktown. I played with some really good players. But it really wasn't until I got to Syracuse when I realized the importance of trying to be the best. Try to be number one. I was telling a player of mine, Alex Calkins, who's at Michigan via Texas. You know, he said he's, you know, he, he's, a, he's a little bit frustrated with his play. And, you know, he's a little playing a little bit tight. And I said, are you being nice in practice? And, you know, that's where, you know, I don't know how Syracuse is. I don't go watch their practices. I mean, we're not privy to it. Uh, you know, you can't be nice in practice to be good. You know, you have to be able to challenge. You have to want to embarrass. Um, but, again, I'm not going to accept that Syracuse was an 11 in one poll and an 8 in the other. But I do think Syracuse is going to win by two, actually. Rick, you've gotten into the coaching world recently, uh, winning a state title last year for CBA. How Thank has you. that changed your perspective uh, on the sport? I don't think my perspectives really ever changed. I think the one thing I had to do after my first couple of years was know that the sport changed. And you talked about earlier uh, in the last question how uh, recruiting has changed. The game's grown. Kids are coming from more non-traditional areas. Um, you know, I do think that we have some great lacrosse players here in central New York, and I do think there's great lacrosse players throughout the great state of New York that we, could, that we miss out on, actually. Um, it's really not changed much except the fact that I have to realize the game has changed, kids have changed, and I don't mean for the negative. You know, I don't – see, there's a difference. I don't think kids are soft. That's the God's honest truth. You know, I say this generation softer than ours. The difference is, and I'm guilty of it at times, our generation babies our kids too much, whereas our parents would say, "Why are, if you're not playing, it's on you. Or, oh, what's wrong? What, why is the coach pissed? Well, what would you do? It was never, what did he do? You know, I think it's our generation that's at fault. So I've, I've really looked at it as you have to take kids with a grain of salt. You know, I came from a father who screamed and yelled at you, who was tough on you. Your mom, like, it was just the way they did things back then. Yeah, you know, I got a wooden just, spoon or two in my day when, you know, you know when yeah. I was a kid. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I do think my two daughters are very tough. And I think that comes from my wife, too. Uh, you know, Tori being the exceptional athlete that that she was. Uh, but I think the generation's different. So what I've really learned is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a great joy to go that far with a bunch of young kids who make you smile every day. You know, people in this town see the psycho that's on a sideline at times where I'm yelling and screaming, you know, 55 seconds left in the state championship and I'm lighting up a box official, you know, they they only see that. They don't come to see Monday through Friday and how 
you know, we are as coaches at, you know, at least our staff of guys. You know, you got to remember on my staff at CBA, I had, I've learned a lot. See, this is where the growing as a person is. Like, I have Hollywood Holdridge, who is our ops guy, who does everything. He's the self proclaimed associate head coach, and Mike does everything for us, right? Keeps us organized, but also is a good grounding tool for me. You know, then I got my boy Kaz. Kaz is a guru, knows everything. The kids love him. Those two guys are very, they're very approachable for the kids, whereas I can be intimidating, I guess, at times. And then you add my boy Ryan Demarest, who was our goalie coach, who really completed the puzzle. So, you know, what have I learned? And I gave you, you know, a long answer, but what have I learned? I've learned that you have to, you know, grow patience. You have to look at kids that, you know, the game is, the people have changed, and the game has certainly changed. And I think it's changed for the better and for the worse at times. But we play fast, and that's what we want to be known for. And one more lacrosse note. A company called Airgate Brewing. Yes, named after the famous play in 1988 by Gary Gate. The Airgate, a play now banned in the game of lacrosse, has its own beer. His brother, former SU lacrosse gate Paul Gate, and Airgate Brewing has put out Lax Lager. The slogan for Airgate Brewing is a game changer. And the company hopes that the lager does for craft beer what the play did for lacrosse. Cheers, fellas. That's the Syracuse Sports Podcast for this week. I'm Brent Axe. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can download on iTunes and Google Play and have new episodes delivered right to your phone, iPad, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll talk to you next time.